Let's jam. Ba, 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 ba. Did you just? I didn't say click. I said let's jam. Did you click on the, on the L of let's? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because that was the beat. Yeah. I'm down with that. Right, quick sup, quick sup of my wine. Oh, wine, very nice. I've got, a, I've got a margarita coming in a little bit. Margaritaville. Lost my shaker, searching for my last shaker of salt. Is that how it goes? No. Wasted away in Margaritaville. Man had an alright idea. Just drinking rum. Yeah, just just rum and being old. Yeah, I can do it. Right. Is it rum and a margarita or tequila? Uh, a, no, it's daiquiri I'm having, not a margarita. A rumarita or a tequila rita. Daiquiris are rum, margaritas are tequila. And Alec, Alec Guinness drinks them, drinks strawberry daiquiris in a war film. A war film? And I can't remember which war film. Which one's Alec Guinness? Um, is that, that Obi Wan Kenobi? Yes. Okay. Yes, the the old version of Ewan McGregor. <laughs> the old version of oh, Ewan McGregor drinks Ewan strawberry daiquiris during World War Two. Daddy McGregor. Daddy McGregor. Hello there, it's me, Daddy McGregor. I own the farm. <laughs> A moisture farm. Well played. Look at you with your Star Wars knowledge. Mm, I'm aware. Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen. On which planet? They- uh, Tatooine, Ooh. which has two sons, um, unlike unlike Darth Vader, who had one son and one daughter. That's common knowledge. That's you're not getting any kudos for that, I'm afraid. I saw, I, saw, I saw this meme. It was like, take the girl and make her the princess of Alderaan, and the boy, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Go a moisture farmer or some shit. I don't care. Just find the shittiest planet and give they him the shittiest job. They didn't change the name. They didn't change his surname. What do you mean? Well, like, his name is Luke Skywalker, and his dad's name is Anakin Skywalker, but they hid him yeah. on his father's birth planet with his same surname. Yep. And from what I can tell, planets are basically towns, I'm right? guessing Skywalker is like Smith. Oh, uh, okay, right. Like do, you, do you know what his original name was? Uh, Starkiller. Starkiller! Which is Baller. Which is, I, think, I think that was the name of the, uh, the lad in Force Unleashed. Yeah, it's like they, they did um, Revenge of the Jedi instead of Return of the Jedi to throw people yeah. off. Yeah, like maybe they aren't about revenge. Maybe they just come back and revenge is something that happens organically. Well, they can't. They can't revenge. Can't they? No, because that's an emotion. You have to be that's angry true. to do revenge. That's true. This is why I, I hate really... Jedi. Yeah, they're bullshit. Like grey Jedi are the ones that make sense, but also fuck off. But also, like you look at the Sith and like, well, we are a people who are. Controlled by our passions and the things that we fucking love. Mm. I'm it doing that. It just happens to be that all those all those things are evil. No, but yeah, but like it's only know, like Sith can that. fall in love. I want to hang like, out with you, McGregor. Yeah, Daddy McGregor. Well, that's that's, that's Baby McGregor at that point. Baba. Baba McGregor. Baba McGregor. Baba McGregor. Okay, McGregor. cool. Um, oh, lion face. <sighs> lion face. <sighs> Lion. Ah! Do the horse shuffle. Sorry? Do the horse shuffle. I prefer to think of it as like my monocle's just been knocked out shuffle. The what? You try and say something while doing it's really hard. What? Hang on. Hang on. Um. Germans? Brahan? 
<laughs> it doesn't work, does it? Yeah. Maybe you should say something beginning with B. Bastards. Bloody, bloody bastards. British. Ow. My neck's hurt. My neck's hurting from all the wobbling. I poke myself in my eye with my own glasses. Oh, you fucking idiot. While they're on my head. How did that work? It bounced off my pupil. Ugh. The sticky mark. <sighs> Intro me, baby. Hello, listener, and welcome to episode 20 of Hearty Dice Friends. The big 2 Oh yeah. Oh, the big 2 Oh yeah. I'm Grant Howitt. This guy over here is Christopher Taylor. Hi. And we're here, as ever... Oh, sorry, you want to say hello to the people? I just did. Okay. We're here, as ever, to answer your role-playing game questions. Whether you want us to or not. But this episode, I think you do want us to. Now we're gonna we're gonna let you into a little a little hearty dice secret here. Um, as um, well, it's common knowledge to anyone who listens to the podcast that this is the last of our um, back pocket episodes, <laughs> uh, which we're recording before I go away for a full month up to the blasted north of England where there's no internet. However, um, we have now fully run out of questions. <laughs> we have not fully run out no. of questions. We no. have a rich seam. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, we're going to draw all the questions this episode from our one remaining seam, which is the Hearty Dice Friends Hearty Discord. Hearty Discord friends. Let me. It's the Hearty Dice Discord. The Hearty Di- mm, the HDD. <laughs> Hearty Dice Cord. God, there's so many portmanteaus. I don't like any of them. No. Um, point is, we're gonna we're gonna answering answering questions from our patrons this episode. So if you're not a patron, um, I'm afraid. Your question won't be answered. You're shit also, out of if luck. If you ask the question at any point within the last month, your question won't be answered. Because again, we're recording this in May. But also, it will However, be answered eventually when we should have. Yeah. yeah. Delicious, delicious questions. We'll answer it next week, which is a month from now. God, time flows strangely. <laughs> so, without further ado, Chris, let's crack open the Hearty Friends Discord let's. and see. What our hearty dice friends have asked. Are we going to be saying names because it will show just how few patrons we have? I think. I mean, how few patrons we have is publicly visible. That is true. Well, listen. If you want, we can just go to a random name generator <laughs> and pick out a different name for each of them, rather than cycle through the same four. Okay. Austin Clavicle asks. <laughs> <laughs> I had a mouthful of water, you son of a bitch. <laughs> So what's good for a standard rule set to start on these days? I've been. I was really hoping, really hoping that you'd have a better voice. Austin Clavicle. No, Austin Clavicle okay. is Austin Clavicle. So what's Austin good for a standard Clavicle. rule set to start on these days? I've been mm. eyeing Five E and Pathfinder, but never dove in. So I think Five E is a strong standard rule set, yep. but we both really like Shadow of the Demon Lord. Plus, which is a bit, a bit of a goth name. Is a bit. Plus what? Plus, it's super Plus. easy to start. Mm. I'm not going to say it's super easy all the way through, <laughs> but starting it is yeah. hecka easy. It's old school. It's, it's it's an old school Renaissance game. It's an OSR, which means that it's cleaving back to the ideas of second ed D and D. Cleaving. It's, it's re- oh, nice. It's really it's really smoothed up. Uh, the writing's really good. The rules are very tight and concise. Uh, there's enough there to, to to push a story without relying too much on the GM, but it also gives the GM a lot of rain to come up with stuff. Uh, the setting's fun. 
in well, fun in a fucked up, not at all sort of fun way. But um, it's nicely it's, generic it's, enough. Yeah, it's, it's it's generic and like there are demons, there is evil. Um, go go out and hit it. Do your thing. So I I, I think like if to me it plays a bit like Legends of the Flowing Princess, but without all the angst. Yeah. Or honestly, the objectionable art in the core book. <laughs> have just... you seen Legends of the, of the Flame Princess? I have. Fuck me, there's some weird stuff in that book. Yeah. And like the rules don't reflect it, but it's like it's like so here so here's some rules for a fa- for a fairly dark and gritty um old school role playing game. And as far as the art goes, how about some women being abused? Did, is that what you were after? Because that's what we've got. What does a woman's eye look look like after you take it out of the face? <laughs> Let's find out. I don't. I didn't want. Is to it know more that. or less beautiful? What about a house-sized woman giving birth to a car-sized crocodile? Well, look, that car-sized crocodile's got to come into the world somehow. Well, presumably through a house-sized crocodile. Potentially. Egg. <laughs> you know? Which would have been a much more tedious picture. <laughs> just... Is it a big egg or a close egg? <laughs> because it just looks like a sort of white ovoid. Yeah, it was... Uh, so I don't really like Legends of the Flying Princess. Some of the adventures are pretty cool. Um, There's that one about wrestling. uh, Sorry? There's that one about wrestling. I don't know that one. You showed me pictures from it. They have to be able to lift a statue. Oh, yeah. The the, the, the one picture, um, which I think it's it's called, like, the idea from out of space. Oh, that sounds like an interesting idea. I'll have a look at that. And the front front cover image is eight fully nude, incredibly muscular, bald men staring at the viewer. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it it focuses around um, like the, the, there's two cults. There's like there's like brains and brawn, and the brawn cult you can you, you can gain favor by lifting an idol and then generally fucking something, we presume. or eating something, or then fucking and then eating something. So it's a hard Legends life. Just the fine princess. Yeah. We Ed, recommend Edge Shadow for Edge's sake. Yeah, I think Shadow of the Demon Lord is fun. It's uh, it's good, and I would I I am well up for a game if you like Renner One, buddy. Yeah, I should. Uh, uh. We could run one with the hearty dice friends. We could. Another reason to be. A you, you know what? Let's let's not make let's not make promises we can't keep. Yeah. Um, but we should definitely do that. All right. What's next? Um, why do you? Oh, hang on. Why do you hate Hack, Hackmaster so? Look. Have we already answered this one? I've answered this one on the Discord, but not for the mm. world. Mm. World. Mm-hmm. I don't hate Hackmaster. I actually I mean, really quite I mean, like Hackmaster. That sounds like the sort of person, who, the sort of thing that someone who hated Hackmaster would say. What do they like, Hackmaster? Mm, no, it actually doesn't, does it? <laughs> no, <laughs> I was just throwing them off the scent. <laughs> I was being a trickery spirit. Mm. Um, um, no, I like Hackmaster. Why? <laughs> because I really like rules. Yeah, we have answered this question on the podcast, I think. Yeah, I'm just saying, just because it's come up yeah. again, I really yeah. like rules. And I don't necessarily I, I, want to play Hackmaster. I mean, Hackmaster's satirical, right? Or it certainly started off as satire. It, and yeah, it's it's, no I, it did at least start off as satire. Mm. It's nice at the dinner table, isn't it? Oh, what's that? So, um, comic book. Oh, is that uh, John Kovac? I want to say Kovalik, but I don't know. Kovalik, that's the one, yeah. Oh, I don't know. He retweeted um, "Honey Heist." Oh, that was one of my one of my highest profile retweets. Well which was nice. done. Yeah, basically, we're married now. Yeah. When's the kid born? 
Um, the kid. Um, yeah, six months from now, I'm 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 much faster at birthing than most of these lazy women are. <laughs> I've got I've got a little baby. I've I've got, I've got a little John Junior brewing away inside me, and it's going to burst out horrendously. Ooh. Yeah. Um, here's a question. All right. Um, from Nexus. What is one monster that you refuse to use no matter the situation? So we did vaguely mention fairly recently in about a month, about a month ago Russ Monsters because yeah, that's just that. a douchebag move. Mm. Uh, however, another one, another monster that I won't use ever mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. one I can't pronounce. Ah, like the Otiug. Otiug? I believe it's Otiug. Okay. But I don't want to feel like a prick. <laughs> mispronouncing the name of a Bathymterex. The Bathymterex? The Bathymterex. There's more X's and K's in there than I'm comfortable with, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And I just can't... I can't... Oh, look out, there's a scaly beast, 11 feet long. You know, you have to just describe it you every time. a dragon? Not quite. Mm, like a Bahir. What's a behir? That is like a oh, centip- I don't know. What's a behir with you? <laughs> like a centipede <laughs> dragon. Oh, that's kind of cool. That does lightning powers from memory. Why not? Yeah, it's got essentially it's a long thing. Like imagine Chinese table. dragon, but with a lot of legs. Yeah. A lot, a lot of legs. Okay. Whole lot you know, the, legs. Monster, the monster I refuse to use. Fucking oozes. Ugh. Oozes and puddings. Right. Right. Oozes. Gelatin- I have less gel- problem with. Gelatinous cubes. I'm never I can find deal a pudding. With. What the fuck? Like, I get, like, so, like, like the idea of a pudding, like a, a black pudding or a grey pudding, well, a black pudding, is a, it's, it's a breakfast food, it's okay? It's delicious. It's fantastic. That is the tastiest like, way to like, consume blood. Have that, have that, like, an egg, a little bit of bacon, you're sorted. Now, for me, that, that's what a black pudding is, but in D&D terms, a black pudding is, I think, it's, it's, I believe it's acidic, it's like an acidic amorphous blob which rolls around, and, it, and it, like, if, if you attack it with, with, um, with, with edged weapons, it splits. It's a large amoeba. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't give the creative GM a lot of things to describe in terms of what it's doing. Well, it's the morphous blob, still. Yeah. It's... It can't look scared. It can't talk to its mates. It can't be angry. It's just an amorphous blob. It's also generally a fight to the death monster because it's not sentient, really. Yeah. Um, and, like, maybe like, I could totally dig having one as a trap. Yeah, the the old classic of uh, of um, it filling the corridor being completely clear. Mm. Oh, the, the, that, that's just a dick move. I yeah. Hate that. On the subject like, of dick moves, actually, mm-hmm. yeah. there are two monsters that I group into the same category. Go on. Cloakers and ropers. Cloakers and ropers. Now, a cloaker is that's that's like a monster which drops down on someone's head, right? Well, sort of. A, no. No. Cloakers, yeah, I remember. A now. cloaker it's... is a manta ray looking thing. That mm-hmm. pretends to be a cloak. Be a cloak, yeah. Until so it is put that. on, and then it bites somebody. So I should also note that D and D Second Ed D and D contained rules for animated floors, ceilings, and walls. Yeah. So it was entirely. Po- and also, where's this fucking dungeon-based ecology coming? Wizards, it's wizard, isn't it? It's hundred percent wizards. But like cloakers, like pretending to be a cloak, and then you, oh, a cloak, delicious. Ah! Like, is it? It's possible to have an entire dungeon, which is just a series of monsters waiting for you to. A roper, hang on, a roper, that's like a stalactite, right? With a yes. face drawn on it? It's a stalactite with a mouth, but also mm-hmm. whippy tentacle hands. Mm-hmm. So that when you get near it and it waits, 
it goes whoppa with its whippy tentacle mm-hmm. hands and pulls Whoosh. you towards the mouth. That's kind of scary. Kind of. But also, it has one weakness. It's the fact that it can't move. It is. It's, it's like those things from Half-Life. Yeah. There's um, those guys on the ceiling. And you do exactly what you do in Half-Life, which is just edge round them. Hmm. Like, um, no. Did you ever see the wolf in sheep's clothing? Is that essentially a mimic? Yeah, but it looks like a rabbit sitting on a tree stump. And you go up and you're like, oh, a rabbit! And then it eats you. I've seen a film where that happens. No, it's like it's not not the rabbit. It, it itself is a tentacled beast disguised, right? As a rabbit. So the tree stump and the rabbit are all part of the same creature. You see, there's there's a way to make that more interesting, and that's to have a red cap having stuffed a rabbit and put it on a tree stump mm. to lure people in. Because those those fuckers caps. are terrifying. I love red caps. Like to go back to something that we were saying a month ago. Now, like how he's saying, like you pick to to pick a fairy, you pick an obsession. And the Redcaps obsession is putting his hat in people. Yeah, because he soaks up their blood with his hat. Yeah, I love it. It's fantastic. So the darker a Redcaps hat, the more dangerous he is. Mm. No, huge fan. Or I guess the older the blood is. Yeah, I guess. That's classic. I like that a great deal. Um, Should we we answer everyone's questions in order? I'm just working my way down. Nexus asks again, um, How do you deal with players who have accrued a ridiculous amount of money? Hope they don't spend it. Ponzi schemes. <laughs> yeah, honestly, thievery. Seems like a dick move, honestly. Yes, but also, if you're carrying around 25,000 gold pieces, mm-hmm. that is yeah, large, that is heavy, well, see, and that see, is mm, obvious. It, you see, it depends on the game. Okay. Because, like, so, so D&D, like, there's, there's kind of, there's built-in mechanics for just, just by, by the nice sword, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Wealth of Darkness, it's entirely possible at first level to have resources 5, which is the most money it's possible to have. Yeah. So, at which point, if there's ever a problem, cool, I buy a solution. And it completely circumnavigates the game. But does that not reduce your resources, Dot? Nope. What? That's the thing, right? It would reduce your resources, Dot, if if it was like, I'm going to buy a country... But the idea is that you have a level of what you could, the level of like basic thing you can afford with resources X, and then the level of what you can have if you liquidate it. Oh, so it's only if you overspend it goes down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when you can afford to buy Malta, mm-hmm. you'd have to try and buy America to have a problem. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah, I think so. Maybe, maybe, maybe not quite America, but like Brazil. That's an issue. Yeah, it's unlike, unlike I've, I've seen it, I've seen it happen in a couple of campaigns I've been in, in that someone has absurdly high resources, or like there's two allied characters who have absurdly high resources together, and they'll pull them, and you just buy your way out out of the problem, and it's just no fun. Yeah, you see, conversely, I've had that same problem in Trail of Cthulhu. Okay. And when you spend something, you literally spend the point. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like, it's start like, off with yeah, like, uh, well, I just buy us a plane. Mm. Okay. Talk goes down. Well, I'm just going to buy my way out of the problem. Okay. Give me, give me a point. Well, I just buy this. You can't afford it. What? Mm. What do you mean I can't afford it? I'm a wealthy billionaire. You were. No. You haven't been tracking your yeah. finances, have you? <laughs> the, the credit rating score works well for that. And like uh, Dark Heresy does it quite well um, in the new edition, where it has influence, which is just how how much sway you hold. Well, also it, it, it handles it quite well by just straight up killing you before you actually get chance yeah. to spend it. Can I can I just briefly take a quick aside to complain about player unknowns battlegrounds? 
<laughs> you may. Because I've, I've had a very similar experience with that every time I've played it, even with you, in that there's two, two ways you can play the game, which is one, you land directly in the middle of a group of boys and get really rough and rowdy and punch people and die or survive. But at that point, you've kind of had your, you've had, you've had your fill of excitement right at the top. Or you land somewhere quiet. It's By the way, it's, it's a 100-player battle royale. If you haven't heard of it, you haven't been online. Um, or you land, you sneak around, you find some guns, um, you find maybe like a cool sniper rifle, then an 8x scope, and you're like, oh, you got loads of ammo for it and some armor. Yeah, I'm going to do this. And some, then some motherfucker runs you over in a quad bike. Or someone, some unseen person beans you from three miles away yep. with a sniper rifle. And like... The last three games I've played, I've got a cool gun, and I've died before I pulled the trigger. Yeah, because you didn't know where the person was to shoot at. I don't know where the people are in the game! And how does that relate to credit rating? Well, because... <laughs> the, um, I... I... I, I, I can't, it was the idea of I'm, um, I, I don't get to use this cool thing before I bought it. That was it, it was Dark Heresy. Dark Heresy <laughs> kills you before you get a chance to spend the money. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, in retrospect, that was quite an offshoot. Wasn't it? Chris, it's, it's a long time. We've already recorded one podcast. We okay. have, we have. Um... Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I think, like, giving people um, opportunities to invest, so, like, um, rather than having, so if, if if people don't have, uh, if, there's, if if your game doesn't have a mechanic for buying really nice big shiny swords, and also I don't think magic items should be the sort of thing you could buy. Honestly, I think that's fairly dull. Yeah, I think giving people investment opportunities. So like people come to you and like you've got a lot of money. Can you help us um, host this adventurers guild? And so at which point they set up their adventurers guild, and then the good jobs come to them first, and they start managing other people. And if if, there, if there's a cleric who's got lots of money, you can be like, well, we we want you to help us set up this church. But it's not just taking money off them. You give them benefits. You give them allies. You give them assets along along those lines, which they can then tap on yeah. to that. And you sort of shift it out of a money in my pockets to potential money I can earn next month. Yeah, I mean the other thing is the kind of kingmaker style. Um, mm. scenario mm. where like you've got a patch of land mm. and you can defend it with a palisade wall if you want Yeah, that's going to take 6 months to build or you can yeah. pay 10,000 gold pieces mm-hmm. yeah for sure you know that's a fancy wall well yeah I mean that's, that's labour costs still that's a fancy wall solid gold palisade <laughs> nice we've melted down the gold pieces <laughs> yeah, that's what it's for it's useless, but it does look good. Yeah, just, and I guarantee this will not tarnish. Just try not to, you know, destabilise an economy and you're alright, I mm-hmm. think. What's the next one? Where are we? Will asks, if you were to choose a system in which you're set an adventure that culminates in a major wedding, what would you choose? Pendragon? Rain? Those are both quite serious answers. They are. Havoc Brigade! <laughs> My own game about orcs running around in a city. Yes. Or- Actually, no, fuck it. You know what, Chris? Yeah. Paranoia. Yes. That's what I do it in. I would love to I would love people to, to, to officiate a wedding, but it's a secret underground wedding that no one can that no one can hear about. <laughs> to ally like, secret societies. Or maybe Yeah, it's lovely. Or maybe like the computer authorizes this wedding. <laughs> the populace needs to pick me up. <laughs> we, the computer has determined there will be a royal family <laughs> find them and marry them 
that's oh, that's actually quite good. I like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, out of your games, big gay orcs. Well, mm, that's it's it, like big gay orcs is more a game about hot dickings rather than marriage. But you know, I mean, if you want to turn it into a campaign game. I just went into a. I just went into a copy shop and ordered thirty-five copies of Big Gay Orcs, and I got a lot of funny looks. <laughs> I can imagine. Is that your zine? And like, oh, like, well, that was that was for the, for the patrons to get it printed out. Um, so 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 um as, so some of my patrons for my my own patronage, not the Hearty Dice Friends patron, um, they uh, for, for fifteen bucks I'll send you a copy of the game, and so I have to go and get it photocopied, and I got photocopied Big Gay Orcs and Sad Gay Space Rocks, just <laughs> <laughs> the back cover of Big Gay Orcs. Actually, if we're going back to serious answers, yeah, okay, something like Call of Cthulhu. Oh yeah, a Lovecraftian yeah, okay. nihilistic horror game, hmm. which culminates in a wedding. Which culminates in a wedding, which could be a horrendous wedding, or when actually, Chris got married. Sorry, when when Chris got married, um, he asked me to officiate his wedding. Yes, and the plan was. That um, they would have a proper registry wedding first, and then I would do the larger wedding, which would be a Cthulhu wedding. Mm-hmm. And what I really wanted to do was to get a child, put the child in the sack, and have it writhe around, and then get one of those prop knives and stab the sack uh, over <laughs> and over, and then the child would push fake blood against the outside of the sack. That's a well trained child. And I was well, you know, like, like a a, a, sm- a small person, you okay. know, a little woman. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure I could find a small woman, and <laughs> quick, get in my sack. It's all safe. <laughs> get in the bag. A, this isn't even a real knife. Um, get in the bag, and then like stab the stab the uh, the sack over and over as a sacrifice. Um, and then my my darling wife reminded me that not everyone would be in on the joke, and in fact, only about ten percent of the people in the audience would be in on the joke, and this would just be intensely distressing. Yes. I also wanted to put a mask under everyone's seat, aside from yours and your wife's. <laughs> and they would put them on and then wordlessly stare forwards. <laughs> that would have been perfect. That would have been great, but no one would have understood it. No. So I'm kind of glad we didn't do it. Yeah, it wasn't really worth it in the end. No, in the end, yeah, it didn't work out. <laughs> I, I, honestly, at that point, might as well. Yeah. <laughs> at that point. Don't matter. I, sh- I, sh- I should have got that, that, that massive alienation out of the way first. Yeah, we'll save some time. Yeah. Shame about that, really, isn't it? Isn't it? It's a bit sad. Yeah. Very, very... Anyway, let's not get serious and talk about your ongoing divorce proceedings. <laughs> let's, um... All right. Which were-creature is best were-creature? Which were-creature? Which were-creature is best were-creature? Oh, hello. Oh, hello. I, th- I think a were-gewy pig. Gewy pig? A, That's not... A, a gewy pig? A gilly pig. That's a <laughs> He's pig, full of a gills. Pig, a pig in a ghillie suit. Yeah, it a is. Sniper, a a sniper with pig. his friends. <laughs> oh, he's off it down the river. He's going to go surprise a bear. <laughs> Never surprise <laughs> a bear. Just imagine the bear like catching salmon and this honking great porker just rears out and knocks it unconscious. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> um, I, my, I'm trying to think of the best wear creature. I, I honestly. I'd like a werewolf. Alright. I like... I, which is unoriginal. I like a werebear. They're quite cool. So, um, I want... I can't think of a funny answer. Uh, there are two I want. And it's both mm. to recreate 90s Saturday morning television. Go on. Oh, oh I, th- I think I know where you're going. I'm going to need, a were, I'm gonna need were-sharks and were-rats. Mm-hmm. 
I see. Okay, for the Street Sharks and the uh, Biker Mice from Mars, Mars yep. crossover. Yep, which never happened, mm. but needed to. Well, I mean, like I can see why you were going for that. And like, honestly, while we're there, we got Shark, Sharky, and George, Crime Busters of the yeah. Sea. I thought you were going to go for Turtles. Turtles, rubbish. Turtles, Turtles are losers. Street Sharks are cool. Street Sharks were rad. Were they? Were they a bit on the nose, rad though? Because like I seem to remember, like a, a couple of the a couple of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were a bit shit. Yeah, so but like, the, but the Street Sharks you, you've were got like... the 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 sadly mentally subnormal um, Michelangelo. Yeah, he's got issues, isn't he? Yep. Um, I mean, like, maybe not mentally subnormal, but certainly developmentally affected. Yeah, and I mean, it's yeah. it's it's sad, and it's it's good that they helped him out. He does okay. Yeah. Then you've got. Oh, he he was he was he was the joke. He was like the surfer guy. What was that, Raphael? No, the, the the Joker surfer dude was Michelangelo. Michelangelo. He was he was the backward one who used nunchucks. Yeah, and Raphael had Sai. I seem to remember. Yep. Like sword catchers. And he was steel. he was badass. Okay. He 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 had red on. I seem to remember. He did have red on. Yeah, I th- I think he was my favorite. Then there's Leonardo, who's narcissistic. Okay. And power hungry. <laughs> he had a sword. He did have a sword. He was the leader of okay. the troop. And Donatello, who was, was the a fully functioning, you know, normal person who invented stuff and had a stick. A fully functioning normal person for a turtle. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, for a teenage mutant ninja turtle. Yeah, but like, well-rounded, good personality. You know, not okay, not, not, yeah. not a horrendous douche. Hmm. But I guess like it's 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 the it's the interplay between those boys which is going to be the yeah. But we could have done yeah. without, honestly, Michelangelo. Well, I think mm, he dragged the team know. down, and I think that if he were a were turtle, mm-hmm. yeah, that would have actually helped because then he could have gone to school. Do you think it's a kind of be strong for mother situation? I, if I knew what that, where, if I knew what that meant, then yes. Oh, um, it's like, so it's, it's like all, all the other turtles are like be strong, endure Michelangelo's presence, be strong oh, for mother. Yes. But mm, like, be strong for because, Splinter. Yeah, because like they were all formed together out of toxic waste. I, see, I don't remember. The ooze. The ooze, yeah, the ooze. What, the river ooze? No. no. That's spelled differently. Um, oh, okay. And so that like, they have to deal with Michelangelo because he's their brother. Yeah, because they're the only four talking Basically. turtles in the world. Like, you, yeah. you run out of buddies. Yeah, and then there's the right. Werebores. Oh, Bebop and Rocksteady. Bebop, well, Werebore, Were Rhino. I don't like Were Rhino. I do. Where do you stand on warehouses? I don't think it's a thing. Okay. But I want one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, <laughs> I guess we're looking at a sort of Baba Yaga hut. Um, I wasn't imagining something... Well, cause I suppose that's kind of the halfway form, because like werewolves, what we think of when we say werewolves, it's not like a full wolf or a full man. It's kind of the halfway form, yeah. right? And so I was imagining like every full moon they turn into a house. And and like the rest of the time they just look like a dude, but like I guess they'd be kind of a half house, half dude. Yeah, and I mean, when... like like Baba Yaga, but with really long, hairy man legs. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just like that. Uh, the image I've got in my head is one of those traditional Viz style old men at the beach with the string yeah. vest and the knotted yeah, handkerchief. Sure. But yeah. instead of the head, it's a house. Yeah. How about instead of the body, it's a beach hut? But it's still got the knocker handkerchief on top. Yes, I'll yeah. accept that. Quick question: mm-hmm. How big is its tongue in that form, and does it come out the front door? Uh, yes, and yes. 
I don't like that. It's t- something it's about tongue a tongue that scale. Mm. I'm not comfortable with that situation. So, where houses are the best wear mm. creatures? I, I want to get. I want to try and give a serious answer. Okay. Give a serious answer to this. My favorite. My favorite actual wear creature mm-hmm. is where is a wear badger. Yeah. And I, I know that, I know that that sounds like the joke answer. No, it's great. I can do it. However, in Ravenloft, best setting okay. they ever did. Yeah, pretty much actually. Um, it's really good. It, like, and it's aged well, honestly. Aside from maybe the slightly difficult stuff around the Romany characters. Yeah, Sithicus like, had Lord Soth as a dark lord ruling over it, an evil doer. Sithicus. Yeah, Sithicus. Okay. Um, and in one of the novels, he had uh, an accomplice, another evil doer, come to his land called Azrael. Mm-hmm. And Azrael was a were-badger. Great. And they actually... That, An that, evil were-badger. Yeah, that, that, they actually had... They actually made him not stupid. Like, he wasn't right. comic relief. Yeah, well, like, were-badger... Like, badgers are fucking badass. Yeah, I totally dig but when you think were-badger, you're like, yeah, all right, yeah. mate. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, when... Fuck your shit up. When Sword and Sorcery rebooted Ravenloft, mm-hmm. they actually... Because Soth uh, ended up leaving, they actually had Azrael as the Dark Lord, so he was the leader of oh, that okay. land. And uh, so they had a were badger in charge, which I just love. So one of the things which bothers me is that it's often it's all too often predators who are made into were creatures. Yep. So what I'd love to see is a were Highland Coo or a were ox. Mm. Or like like a were yak. Oh, actually, right. Imagine how cool a were yak would look. The wh- actually, no, sorry, I'm really wrong. It's uh, it's were pitbull. Where Pitbull. Like where dog. Yeah, that would work. Like 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 a mutt rather than a wolf. Alright, so but, but just imagine a big hairy yak man. That'd be awesome. And like and like I can imagine him doing a lot of walking and he's got all the bags hanging off him. Maybe he lives in the mountains, he's got a stick and he's like, Come in, eat some grass. Warcraft legit did that. Oh yeah, because they got Tauren, haven't they? Well they got Tauren, which are bison, and they've got Tornka, which are yak. Oh great, cool. Alright. So that's the thing. And it doesn't look stupid. Yeah. yeah. Um You've made, you've made me just, you've just destroyed my little train of thought there. Uh, sorry, wayaks, where dogs, pugs, mugs, mugs, mugs. Where hang mug. on, Oof, hang on, a lot of words came out wrong there. Where mutts? No, it's gone. Okay, cool. Alessa asks, "What species of insect would make the best RPG?" What? What species of insect would make the best RPG? It's bees. It. Well, I mean, they can't bite the typewriter. No, we have to. Ass- I'm picking a creature. I'm picking insects which have an idea of order to them. Um, yeah. Perhaps a little creative. Maybe not creativity. Actually, that's the thing. Insects aren't really creative. They're not. Not ants. Not ants. No, they they just dig. You know what? Those really colourful scarab beetles. Yes. They're really cool looking. Maybe so, they do a good RPG. Legit question. Where scarabs? Legit question. Mm-hmm. Scarabs, mm-hmm. real? Question mark. Yeah, they're real. Are they? Big, um... I mean, like, sorry, I mean like stag beetles, not scarab beetles. Right, because uh, what I'm saying now is scarabs, real? Question mark. Let's find out, shall we? Because I've never seen. Uh, a... Yeah, they are. I've yeah, never seen are. a picture of a scarab beetle. Uh, there's thirty thousand kinds of them. Well, that's fine. There's a lot more kinds of people, and I haven't seen all of those. I'm gonna just very quickly copy the uh, the genus for scarab beetles into the uh, into the into, into our chat window. Can you pronounce this for me, Chris? Scarabeidae. No, you know what? 
That's a monster I'm using in my D and D games. He is the Scarabay. Scarabay die. Scarabay die. Welcome to Scarabay die. Twins with Scarborough. Trust you will enjoy your stay. Yeah, it is. Come for the wine, stay for the scarabs. Some of them are very beautiful and iridescent. I do like an iridescent beetle. I'm sure they are, but also no. Oh, I've remembered. What? From the last question. Great. You're not looking for predators, but you right, are no. looking for scary. Am I? Potentially. It's a were creature. That's traditionally scary. Well, I guess so, but were yaks. I mean, honestly, anything I'm, I'm messing up the human form in that right. would be scary. But what you got? What you got? Biggest killer of people. Other people? No. Mosquitoes? Yes. Were mosquito? A were mosquito. Fuck me, that sounds horrible. Doesn't it? It sounds terrifying. Imagine that mangled creature. Ugh, drawing your blood and giving you malaria. I mean, that's that's the fly. And right? a complete exanguination. Oh, where mosquitoes? Mm, that long proboscis. Can they fly? Yes. Just like bone-wise, I think humans have them. Well, I mean, different. a lot a lot would become chitin. Having a problem pronouncing things today. Second question. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you become a little mosquito when you shift all the way? I do hope so. Because that seems like a very dangerous form to take. (laughs) I'm infiltrating now. (laughs) Sorry, I mean... Hacking the firewalls. (laughs) Just a mosquito trying to push a button. No, wait, they've got one of those circular blue lights from a butcher's. I'm gonna have to go check this one out, boys. Back into <laughs> there could be a clue. <laughs> Checking <laughs> mosquito detectives. No clue. Just a swarm of mosquitoes. I think I think wear swarms are also pretty fun. Yeah, where you turn into a swarm rather than a, a swarm single. of moths. That's a horrendous image. Yeah. But... Um, I don't think insects can make an RPG. I think it's a silly question, Alessa. I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> How about what would be the best insect to make an RPG about? Oh, um, still pretty difficult because like insects aren't really big on choice. Like the what the ones that live in hive structures, which are kind of the most interesting, don't actually they're kind of programmed, you know? Yeah. So there is a very good RPG about insects. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's written by one of our patrons. Go on. I can never pronounce it, so I sound like a fool. What's it? Oh, yes, of course. Sean Smith's noir insect game. He what? Made us do the Hearty Dice lecture. Exuviae. Exuviae, there we are. Yeah, there's no D in it. Exuviae. Exuviae's a fucking great game, actually. Um, But that's an insect-based RPG. Might actually be out by the time. Listen, um, I'm going to... Sean Smith is a mate of mine, but I'm going to genuinely, without any sort of pretense wholeheartedly recommend Exuviae as a uh, noir story uh, body horror noir storytelling game it's fantastic it's very clever and I can recommend it hugely also he's a magician but, well yeah that doesn't that shouldn't influence your buying his games yeah it should magicians are cool right. yeah they are cool Will asks what non-standard mechanic would you like to see a system built around i.e. resolving confrontation with sandwich making or crochet so, Chris and I have already approached a game like this. 
this was many years ago that we used to live, live together and we sat down in the back garden um, one night and skinned up and we were like, uh, sorry that's for Americans that's um, that's a roll, roll, rolling a, um, a South African style reefer doobie um, it's a, uh, <laughs> p- puffing on a J I don't, I don't know what the slang is I didn't know then and I don't know now we, we were smoking marijuana 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 in the back and we were discussing how you can make a game which had the most possible mechanics in it like and also like like the least like like the most possible conflict resolution mechanics and so like clerics would use runestones and gunfighters would use d6s and rogues would only use d4s yeah but we started getting more and more complex because we were like, "What about wizards? We should have a different method for each spell." And I think we got like, so if you want to, if you want to cast fireball, simply throw a cat into the bath while the shower's running, and the close and the longer that the, the cat stays in the bath, the more damaging your fireball is. You can make an RPG about anything, as we've proved. <laughs> like just to honestly answer the question. I'd be interested in having a game that you could play sort of um, walking around town where a bit like, you know, like Punch Buggy? No. Um, like uh, That game where, where you sport cars of a certain colour. Oh, yes. Uh, what do you call it? I've never given it a name. No. Um, or it's, it's, That's or strange, it's like, actually. It's never it's had like a red name. red car, yellow car or something. Mm. Um, but the the, the the idea is that in like like as you drive along the road, you like you're the first to spot uh, cars. Also, brilliant game to play in cars, by the way. It's called Legs on Pub Signs. <laughs> have you played this, Chris? I have not. It's absolutely fantastic. So um, it it helps if you're driving through villages. Like if if you're on a motorway, it's not going to work. But every time you drive past a pub, the first player to spot it and shout out how many legs are on that sign. Um, Earns that, earns that score. So let's say, for example, um, there is a um, there is a pub, there's a pub called the King's Arms. Mm-hmm. No legs on that sign. What about um, the horse, the the, the the horse and cart? Four legs on that sign. Potentially, more. You've got well, six well, legs if there's a person riding it. Well, it, like if there's a picture of the person on the sign. Yeah. But like cart and horses, minimum eight. Yep. Um, I think like like like, and you can go into power gaming like the flock of geese. <laughs> and at that point, it becomes quite hypothetical. But I'd really like to have a game um, where where like you can play it while you're walking around town, and like the people you see and the things you see interact with the game. Right. So like, um, if we see a person with a hat on in the next five minutes, you succeed. That's kind of nice, especially good for very long car journeys, which is actually yeah, a very difficult sure. time to roleplay. That's actually that's so like having 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 some sort of adaptation of Punch Buggy, where you use it as a storytelling mechanic, and you that have it you work. have it slightly competitive as well. So I think like you you have the GM and you have it slightly competitive in the uh, the GM. We, we assume the GM's driving. No, no, because the, G- no. the the driver needs to actually look at the road. Yeah, the driver can't play. I don't think. Well, they that they can be an adjudicator. Yeah, okay, that's true. But they but, can't um, tell the story. But everyone else is like competing to spot certain things, and then they can spend those successes or or like or like have have that resolve uh, later on. That could be fun, actually. That would be nice. That could be good. If only we knew someone who designed games. If only. Actually, if you only. could you could have an excellent points mechanic mm-hmm. that also makes it harder as the game goes on. Hi, I'm the points mechanic. Hello. 
So every time that you succeed, you put a post-it note on your window. <laughs> okay. So what that does is you win when you completely cover your window, but it also restricts your viewing angle. I, so like it, it only works if you're sitting in the in the back. Seats. Yeah, in, that's a back seat <laughs> thing, but also that's quite good. Just because then you've got this little square you're trying to peer out of, mm. makes it harder. But I think it's clever. I like that a great deal, but I think that does break several road rules. Not on the back. So I don't know. Can, can, can you hear that on the microphone? Yes. Just been handed a um, a daiquiri. Oh. oh. Well, it Guinness all over again. Oh, that's Heath refreshing. That oh my days. Oh, that's refreshing. Is it a strawberry daiquiri? Mm. No, I don't. I don't doubt it with that. No. Barely a daiquiri at this point. You're right. lines are on the tongue. Yeah, sorry, it's very refreshing. Good. Good. Grant. Right. Yes, Chris. What's your opinion on resurrection of PCs and long-term games? I'm a ginnit. <laughs> You're a ginnit. I'm a ginnit. You're a gannet. I don't like it. I think it's daft. Right. Why is that? I think... Well, it's, for some reason, it's only, it's only ever the fucking PCs that use it. You kill a <laughs> villain, the villain stays dead. But for some reason... The PCs have access to health insurance that goes beyond the veil. Well, it's because death. it costs money, and they've looted right. all the villain's gold, so the villain has no, no money left. It's just, it just, it just, it, I don't care for it. I think, and also, it like, and it's just, it just costs money. It's not like, well, you can come back to life if you have your soul bound to a god, and the gods are like, well, you can do this one last thing, and then. And then make your peace, and then and then I will take your soul. That's okay. Or like you can come back if you make a deal with the demon. The demon's like, cool, yeah, yeah, you can come back to life. However, I, I own your ass. Yeah, and also it, That's much it more exciting. means that you don't fear death. Yeah, especially if one of like, the players has the spell, they can just bang it, it out then a and there. Speed bump, and like once you hit like level twenty, level twenty-five in fourth ed D and D, every character has a when you die power. Yeah, and like there's some really baller ones. So like the um, there's like a Feywild emissary power. And like at level thirty, when you die, you from the future, looking older, turns up and fights in your place. And I guess saves you at the brink of death. Saves you from the brink of death, so you can come back and and like yeah, alright, I'll have that. And yeah. like and like like you come back and like you you have long hair and a grey beard and you're wearing a crown. <laughs> I can I can totally I can totally have that. That's great fun. Or you are actually dead and a leech. You know it all works. It's all good. Mm. Yeah, no, I. I don't. It's just not fun. No. Like it's not a it's not a cool mechanic generally, mm. having the ability to resurrect. Not not as a not as a cash down payment. No. Oh, certainly no. And again, that's the same no. thing as we've been saying about magic items. Yeah. Don't make it so like I'll oh, I've got this amount of money. Oh, time for a plus six flaming sword, I think. Yeah. And it'll just tip me over the edge and allow me to hit the AC of this specific monster. <laughs> That'll tip me over the edge. Almost at the station. <laughs> Briber asks, How do you strike a balance between players having personal plot lines and progressing the main plot? Make the personal plot lines the main plot. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, I tend to not give a fuck about progressing the main plot. No, I guess as long as you're doing what's interesting, it's fine. Yeah, and like, and like I think like the main plot is the, is the actions of NPCs, right? Like factions and you know your 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 big bad evil guy etc. Yeah. 
And so if you've if you've got like if if they're if they're if they're independent factions, they'll do the main plot, and the players can react to it. And personal plot lines are things which the players should be actively pursuing. Yeah, and especially in games where they actually push that. Mm. Like the bonds of Delta Green um, mm. and strings and mm. pillars of sanity, pillars of sanity, and things like that, where like they actually throw the character's personal plotline to be an integral mm. part of what's happening. Mm. So I yeah, think I... At, at worst, fifty-fifty. Yeah, for sure. I think like progressing the main plot, there's there's an element of um, there's an element of masturbation in that. Uh, well, it depends on the plot. Mm. Uh, there's an element of uh, just, just, just like turning, let's like turning up and saying, "All right, guys, listen to my story. You're in my story now." It's like, no, let's have your personal plot lines. But that's that's I actually so actually so here here's an issue. I will say with personal plot lines, it can be very boring for the other players. If you don't give your other players something to do during, it can be astonishingly dull just to watch people do things, especially if you're playing in the sort of game. Um, I played in a World of Darkness game a long time ago where, where we were all um, we all had our own different things going on, and so the GM would take someone aside and have like a fifteen minute thing with them while they did a thing, and we when, you know we watched. But then because we were all doing our own things, that player then wouldn't share the information with the group. Oh, and so, come on, I want to take part. And so like in a four hour game, you got about maybe 30, 35 minutes of game time. That's an issue. Yeah, um, and so like that—that that for me is a problem. And I think like what's what's fun is one, it, like if 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 you if you have a small group that helps. Yep. Because at that point you can cycle through. Um, that like the main trick I use is uh, giving people NPCs. Yeah. Um, and that that lets people that kind of makes it their problem <laughs> yeah. to act. You guys so, deal like, with it. So like so like I'll 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 give them an NPC. I'll give them like like a pocket description. Be like, cool, okay, uh, you're an elder of the community. Yeah. Um. And occasionally people are like, oh, actually, I'm a little bit uncomfortable because I don't know how, how, how much I'm supposed to reveal. I'm not comfortable making these choices, making these decisions. But if you can if you can frame it properly and you can say, all right, cool, um, uh, you'll be playing um, you'll be playing the aged king and I'll be playing his uh, evil vizier. And so that means that, that means the player just has to go, oh, who, went, who entered my throne room? And then you can do all the NPCing and, you know, actually get the stuff out of the way. Yeah, but somebody gets to do a rad voice for a bit. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think you should always give players NPCs if that's the sort of thing which you can enjoy. Yeah, and I mean, another thing you can do is make the personal plot lines communal. Yeah, for sure. So you, at the beginning of the game, like, like I mean, in Unbound, we did it um, so that you can give other people plots you're interested in seeing. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, actually. And so I think like uh, I, I think I, I nicked that from... Um, I didn't nick it. I adapted it from Apocalypse World, which has um, the, the, the character who your, who, your, who your character has the highest history with. So it's called HX, which is history. And so it doesn't... It's like relationship, yeah. basically. Um, their player picks one, one of your stats. And then when you use that stat, you, you, you mark experience. Right. And so it means that the players can say, well, well you know what? You are um, you are hot. You have really high hot stat, and so I want to see you go and be sexy, and go and do stuff because that, that 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 that's a really cool thing for you to do. Go and like go and play your character. Yeah. Um, whereas if like maybe you've got a really low hot score, but you're like actually I want to see you try and be hot. I want to see you try and um, try and seduce someone. I, I want to see you try and you know charm someone. Yeah. Even though you're not very good at it. 
and that gives the that gives the other players the ability to say, well, I want to see this scene, and if like if they're invested in that scene, it doesn't matter if they're not if they're not talking. Um, we had we had some during the protest of Unbound, we had some really brilliant, basically soap uh, soap opera level plots. Yep. Um, where people were, were basically boyfriends and girlfriends were were arguing, but because the reason everyone was interested in one, it was a small group, but two, these plots were suggested by the people around the table. And then we acted it out and saw how it ended. Yeah, everybody was in on it. Yeah, it didn't end like a soap opera in that. Well, I think she one of, one of the one of the characters turned into cyber crows and pecked a girl to death. Yeah, that's subtly different to Home and Away. That's not your standard Coronation Street plot. It line. is not. Still good though. I'd wa- yeah, I mean, I watch it. Right. We're nearly we're nearly at the end of this of these questions. Oh, but I think yeah. I think I think we should try and power through all of them. Yeah, I think we should we should clean up before you go away. Yeah. Bit of housekeeping. We'll sweep up. Yeah. Nexus again asks, "How do you effectively include traps in a game?" It's something I always struggle with. I'm interested to hear your answer on this one, Chris, because I struggle with it too. It is super difficult, um, especially Ooh. when when you've used traps once or twice. The players are then ready for their being traps, so the traps don't scare them anymore. A bit like the old uh, dungeon made out of living creatures from earlier. Yeah. Mm. Um, so you've got to strike a balance between using it often. Enough to be interesting and to be a theme, mm-hmm. and not so often that you're just going nuts, and they're and they're just walking through them. They're going, oh, another trap, oh, another trap, oh, another trap. Mm. And I, there's a book um, that you can get for three point five, which has a lot of the most bizarre traps going in it. Which one's that? I cannot remember the li- for life of me the name of it now. Is it third party? I believe it is. Is it Grog's Book of Traps or something? It might be. Yeah. Um, but that's got stuff like a catapulting floor tile that launches you through an interdimensional portal I just, I that just teleports you into, into a weird place. But the, the thing about that is, that, that's really clever, is that quite often the trap itself, when disarmed, still leaves an mm. environmental hazard. Mm. So in that case, the portal is literally just on, on a wall. Like it's visible, you can see it, mm. and the only thing that's yeah. trapping it is the is the springboard to kind of hammer you through it, mm. and so that means that you go, okay, we've disabled it. There's still a portal there, mm. so bull rushing people into it is a valid tactic, and you can use it in other ways. Yeah, can I just can I offer a counterpoint? Yep. Fuck traps. Generally, yes. I just. It's no fun. It's passive. It happens there. Fourth Ed tried to fix them by making them attack rolls. Yeah. Unlike they're okay, I guess. But I think what the sort of traps I want to see are very closely related to the enemies you're fighting. So I think like if you're sneaking up on goblins and fl- and you f- you fail your stealth check, you don't get spotted. You get lacerated in the thigh by a man trap. Yeah. You get you get like pulled up into a tree and caught. Um, if you're fighting um, wizards, then uh, the wizard is asleep on his throne, encased in ice. But all around him, there are there are like slumbering golems who who will wake if you approach. That sort of thing. I think just having a trap in a dungeon. Why the fuck would you build one? It's it's, it's like in terms of health and safety, you're going to, like the goblins, the orcs, who are not very intelligent races according to the rules, are going to spend a lot more time in that environment than enemies are. And I think a lot of traps could be more easily replaced with a fucking wall. Yes, however... A door. There is an element of some of the more 
idiotic monstrous races using traps as defense because they can't build the wall but they can make a part they can uh, build traps they can, yeah you anybody can dig a hole and put a sharp stick in it i think at that point you've hit walls i guess but not made out of sticks presumably sharp ones <laughs> yeah no there is that but i th- i think mm. i think a, a pit with a spike in it mm. Fits a goblin better than building a wall across a corridor is. And plus, yeah, that's fair, a, that's fair. a goblin can get through that trap with no problems. Mm. Like zero, zero issues for that goblin mm. to traverse that that hallway or whatever. Whereas a wall, it, 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 nobody it, it, can it, get it through. It seems like an accident waiting to happen. Oh, it is. You know, and I think that, that, that that's a, it's a huge problem. You know, yeah. I mean, a ten a penny. I I think traps can be cool, but. It's incredibly difficult, and like you, that like you have to tie them to the fiction because otherwise, it's just something that's there because D and D has traps in it. Yeah, we'll go with and kobolds. Honestly, you know what really shits me? Puzzles. Ugh. Why would you, like ah? Well, I put I've put my gold behind a puzzle. Why put it behind a fucking door? Lock it. Lock the lock, door. Lock it with a key. Keep the key. Yeah, like when you as a GM have to give them a handout that's like a picture of the floor and it's got different symbol tiles on it and they've got to work out which one mm. so I, I ran the night below um, mega adventure is that, is, is that with a K or with an N? Uh, with an N Okay. Um, which is an old AD&D um, mega dungeon essentially mm-hmm. and there's a puzzle in that of there's five levers mm-hmm. and you've got to work out which one's up, which one's down Etc. Do I label the levers? Oh no no no! This gets gets better, and it's like the the negative Mm -hmm. for the trap is that Mm -hmm. every time you move you 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 have it in the you move a lever and it's in the wrong configuration you suffer a point of damage. (laughs) I hate everything about that. About level fourteen when they hit this. Jesus! What really? Yeah. So so it's like having a tramp cough on them. Yeah, it's just it's nothing. So so they just sit there and go, "Well, I do the first one up." No. Second one up, no, and they like literally. I I, I didn't because I, I was very young when I ran it. I didn't realize mm. this was going to happen mm. until like they'd done it three times. I'm like, you just figure out the trap. What? Yeah, you just you just, yeah, you just, just figure it out. Take off ten hit points. You just you just brute force it. Yeah, like there was a way if you went into a specific room earlier to find out mm. what the combination it's just, was. It's just no fun. It's not. But like, like I, think, I guess I can dig problem solving and puzzle solving. But like, set it up in a weirdo saw dungeon, you know? Set it like, like, well, like we, we've we've trapped people in like the the dark elves have trapped you in their Hunger Games variant. Yeah, that's great. And now you have, now you have to saw off your mum's leg to get out that sort of thing. Yeah. Or maybe not quite so horrible. But sorry, just just to go back to the saw films. Well, there's one mm-hmm. beautifully simple puzzle in there that I love. Mm-hmm. What's that? It's a long thin box with a shotgun. Right. And the key you need is tied around the trigger. Right. The only way to reach the key is to put your arm up to the shoulder in that box. Oh, cool. So you have, so you just, so you have to be very careful. No, no, no. Like, if you pull the key out, it's going to fire yeah. the shotgun. Oh, right. Okay. And it's, it's far enough in that you can't just, like, grab it and get your arm out really quickly. So, I mean, how are you going to get it out after it's shot your arm off? I guess it's discharged. So you yeah, put your the, other arm exactly. In? It's gone off, so it doesn't matter. So, so you need to poke something down there, but you don't have anything because because the, you know it's a specially prepared environment. But I just I've never I've never seen a saw film. Isn't there some sort of doll on a bike? Yeah, there is. Yeah. Okay. So, 
I really, really like the Saw films. Mm. I think that they are incredibly clever and that they are incredibly well paced. And Mm. they get a bad rap for being torture porn, which they are. Mm. I will not fight against that. Mm -hmm. However, they are there is an extra level to the Saw films that goes above and beyond. I think you can have clever porn. Yeah. And I I really, really rate all Mm. of the Saw films as well, even the really late ones. Mm. I think a lot of them are very clever and they do mm. very interesting things with bottle episodes essentially. Yeah, for sure. I can dig it. That's cool. Um, so yeah, right. if you haven't seen them, but definitely worth. Let's power through. What is your favourite instance of ad hoc rules when a situation arose that wasn't covered by the game rules? I've got this one. So we go back about 10 years to university. Chris and I brought back some guys from the Game Society um, meeting. Um, we said, let's play let's play a role-playing game. Let's play Zaibatsu. And so Zaibatsu is a free role-playing game um, which uses a system remarkably close to Apocalypse World, now I think about it, about 15 years before Apocalypse World was written. <laughs> but um, it's a, it's post-Gibson, uh, post-Gibson-like cyberpunk. And it's, it's, it's okay. It's like, it was the first game I ever ran, and I had a lot of fun with it. But um, we ended up in a... Um, the chase scene, and it was getting incredibly boring and slow, and I was like, guys, is it okay if we just use Wushu to resolve this chase scene? Wushu being a daft cinematic fuckabout system. And so everyone was like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So we just converted over to Wushu. (laughs) Mid-game. Mid-game, and it was much better for it. Yeah. So yeah, don't be afraid to shift your entire system mid-game. It's what we do in game design. I did that, I, and like I was running a game of D and D, and I was getting really bored with it. So I just used um, like for for I think two or three sessions, I used um, Everway. Oh really? I used Everway, which is kind of a tarot card, a fate card based role playing game with no dice. And I was just like, fuck it, we're playing this instead. Keep your characters. <laughs> and they um, they um, they cleared some bugs out of a bathhouse, and um, uh, an owl hunted them. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's not a bad shout. Like, in a lot of games, you do plane hopping. Mm. Like, yeah. why are the rules the same? Why can't they be... Well, well for, for, for ease of play, one would imagine. No, I understand that, but, like, you can actually replicate the fact that reality mm. is different. Yeah, that, that would be an interesting thing. So, like, uh, The Strange does something with that. Like, you have, like, characters which change a little bit when you go between... Yes, but not uh, the core system. Plus, Monty Cook is now officially our rival. Yeah. And I mean, he's dangerously insane. Is he? I assume. Oh, okay. I don't know whether he's dangerously insane. I think that's slander. The the hand. Oh, what the 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 uh, the three D printed hand that holds the card. Yes. In the in, in, what's what's it called? The shadowed sun. The unseen sun. Yeah, I, I sun can't moon? remember. What was it fucking called? The four hundred. The sundered sun. Yeah, the four hundred pounds to get access to a to a to, to too large a box. Yeah. Everyone knows. Everyone knows you can fit role-playing rules on a postage stamp. <laughs> that's the whole point. Point. Um, that's my favorite. Yeah, ad hoc rules. Alessa asks. We have got two questions left, Chris. Let's power All through. All right, come on. Alessa asks. How do I play an enchanter without being annoying? What's wrong with enchanters? I don't understand. Yeah, like, be careful with charm person. So I, I, I looked up the rules for enchanter during the previous bit, um, and they get cohort. Right, that um, is an at issue. At sixth level. Which is which is problematic. Yeah. Never mind annoying. That's um. Yeah. Are they like when when you say cohort? Are you like stealing that person? How does that work? No, you're, Can you're, they leave? You're getting a follower. Getting Can a... they leave if you? Well, I know, but like you could just buy the follower feat. This is this is something tied into the enchanter variant. Oh oh yeah no that's that's a mind slave. 
Yeah, what you've got there is um, what you what you have there is a slave. Yeah. Um, who cannot see their 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 bars. So I think that rather than being annoying, rather than being morally abhorrent, is a is is a bigger issue. Do you think like do you think she means like gnome enchanter? Because fuck gnomes. Yeah, I mean that's an obvious thing. Like I, I refuse to play anything under four feet tall. I see. I, I gnomes are a lot better than Kenda. Well, yeah, Kenda should be fucking destroyed. Gnomes, like I've I've played a gnome. Gnomes I can handle, but Kenda just shouldn't. Yeah, they're just douchebags. Kill all Kenda. Noisome douchebags. Utterly destroy every Kenda available. <laughs> so essentially, like for a real answer, just be easy. Just go easy on the charm person. Yeah. Don't use it yeah, for evil, like, yeah. as it were. Yeah, like like use it and but like don't don't put people into awful situations. No, but you can quite easily just like use charm person to make them drop their weapon or just throw their weapon yeah. over the side of, of a boat. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's fun. And the last well, you, one. Well, you can... The last, last one's one. quite a long one. Do you want to read this one? I shall. One of the players in my group has admitted they dislike lengthy in-character conversations and feel very frustrated when other PCs get them. Would rather have exposition would rather exposition was handled via out of character narration. All the other players I've spoken to say they enjoy RPing in character conversations a lot. Is there any way I can balance such a dynamic or perhaps more accurately adapt to support players with ADHD? They've really cut to the heart of the question there at the end, haven't they? Yeah. <sighs> well, you like doing OOC narration, don't you? Yes, I, I do out of context narration because I get nervous if I try and do it in character for too long. Mm, yeah. Like it, it flares the okay. old anxiety. Yeah. And I think I think like there's there's definitely something like there's there's some crossover there with ADHD in terms of like the you know, in terms of your mental health impacting your game. And again, like we really need to do a mental health episode at some point. Yeah. I'd like to talk with you. I don't know. Like maybe maybe we could release it as a, as, as like a bonus episode or something. Yeah, yeah, we'll do a it's bonus not one. Be funny. No. Um. So, I don't know because if the other players like, I mean, this seems like like a really basic and boring answer. Maybe they're not set out for the right game. Play a different game with them. Yeah, you I know, mean, get a different group. When we play, like Grant will do a long, florid, in-character discussion, mm. and I will say the NPC replies like this. Yeah, for sure. And ha- like we can, like we can totally get on with that. Yeah. However. I don't mind him doing mm. his in-character bit, whereas it seems that there's there's something um, antagonistic against that. Yeah, so I mean, it it, it, it seems like that, that they want the plot to rocket forward, and we, Chris and I, similarly have very strong feelings about plot moving forwards. Yeah, stuff should always be happening, not being yeah. talked about. Yeah, um, and that, that's, what, that's one, of, one of the main rules of improv, is um, do it, don't talk about it. Yeah. Which, which, which is one of the things which really bothers me in role-playing games is people like to make plans because obviously you like to make plans. Like people like making plans in real life. No, do it. Do it. Yeah. Just do it and we'll work it out afterwards. And people can get quite upset about that. Um, Ask for forgiveness, not permission. I don't... Mm, it's, you know what? Difficult phrase. Difficult phrase, yeah, that. Because but it's, in often, this case, it's often useful, but yeah. In this yeah, case, it yeah. works. Yeah. You know what? Make the choice. Yeah. If it's bad, you can undo it. Yeah. I'm not sure how to answer this honestly because, like, I think they're just different playstyles. I think that having like, I don't know how long lengthy is, but if if like if there's if you're having a half hour conversation about the imports and exports of the elves, fuck me, I'd get bored of that. Yeah. Um, I think well, I think it comes down to the GM. 
honestly. It comes down to the GM. Like, as far as I'm concerned, a, a GM's most important job is entertaining everyone around the table. And what they need to do is understand what, what other players are into and what they can do and what they want to do. And so cutting those conversations short, getting to the meat of the matter, um, trying to involve this this player character in some way. Yeah. Um, so, like, because perhaps it won't quite be so boring if they're involved in the scene rather than listening to someone talk. Also, don't never deliver exposition. <laughs> don't don't actually do that. No. Avoid <laughs> that like the plague. Show, don't tell. But that's, obviously, that's very difficult. Yes. Mm. I don't know. I think, like, um, my, my favourite thing to do in this situation, um, rather than have exposition handled um, through... In, through a character saying that is the phrase of course you will know yeah and so like because you, you can say, just course, quote common knowledge of course you will know and pick the character who's, who's, who's most knowledgeable about this um, the smugglers have been moving um, uh, arrow root arrow root the smugglers have been moving devil root through this uh, through this cove for months and that you just establish that rather than having to show um, you know, has, uh, having having a toothless man say, "Oh, are you you kids looking for devil root? I happen to know of a cave around here. <laughs> Some smugglers have been using it for smugglers? months. Smugglers have been bringing in that good devil root. Gold prospecting and smugglers. Smugglers. I like this guy. I really, like, I really like how long he takes. He takes syllables. <laughs> it really works him over." He's, like he's chewing a bit of recalcitrant beef. <laughs> um, well, I think we should end on that vague note. I think we should keep it vague, keep it mysterious, keep, keep it them wanting I gotta, more. I gotta go cook some dinner. Yeah, I've got to finish my uh, wine. Oh, very nice, very nice. Listener, thank you so much, and also thank you for sticking through us. Thank you for sticking through us. Just running us through like a broadsword. Thank you for cutting us down like so much pork. No, thank you for sticking with us because we've had a month off. Um, although we, you won't, you won't know that, despite the fact we keep mentioning it. We've, 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 we've been away for a month, and so this will be the last one before we go back to normal. But um, we want, so obviously, we won't have answered any of your questions, uh, which you'd be submitting. But thank you so much for your ongoing support. Thank you so much for um, talking about the podcast and sharing it and saying it's good and hanging out with us on Twitter. We are on Twitter. We are HDF Podcast. You can follow us there if you want to have the uh, the hip inside line. On all the current podcasts, the straight our dope, pa- the straight dope, the wavy dope. Mm. We have our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends. If you want to give us a little bit of cash, a little bit of the old cashola, get some perks, maybe uh, maybe some... populate a, an episode of Hearty Dice Friends, much like this one. Yeah, get some sweet perks. You can have access to the Discord where we hang out and chat. You can come and, and where um, we run our play tests. Yeah, uh, Chris. Uh, Chris is 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 um is harvesting ripe playtesters for mm, the spire. Delicious. Um, the spire, I should note as well, which is which we're kickstarting that it's next month, probably really soon when this comes out. Probably, oh like, god! Within oh a god. week or two yeah. of this, we're going to be kickstarting the spire. So just to give you a quick spiel, the spire is our new game, which is what we do when we're not recording Hearty Dice Friends. It is a, a an urban horror supernatural fantasy game where you play the you play dark elves who are part of a resistance against corrupt and beautiful and awful high elves 
Um, we've played a we've played a few games of it online, uh, which is really fun. We've been playtesting it for a while now. We're really enjoying it. We think you'll really enjoy it. And um, please uh, check out our, our I suppose our corporate website, which is rowanrookanddeckard.com, no K in Deckard. And you can see some more details about the spire and what that's what that's all about. Yeah, because because uh, it's going to be really exciting. It super is. I just, I just want to say really briefly, we had an interview yesterday for a podcast called Modifier, um, and it was really nice to talk to someone about the game. Yeah, we don't get because the op- like, we get the option to. Well, because like we're in it, and so like either we're running it as a pod, we're running it as a as a uh, as a as a play test, or we're talking about it to each other and writing as a game. And so just and just have someone say, "Hey, why dark elves? That's fascinating because I've not thought about that in a while." Yeah. And like, oh, actually, here's my here's my reasons for making the game. That was lovely. Yeah, really it was good. good. I can recommend you listen to Modifier because, like, that lady who runs it. God, I can't remember her fucking name. Megan. Megan. Uh, Megan, who runs it. Brilliant interviewer. You should you should take a look. Genuinely good. Yeah. A good time was had by all. Yes. Now we're gonna go. I'm gonna get some chicken. We love you very much, Chris. Do you mind seducing the listener this week? I'm spent. Well, listener. You you're looking you're looking beautiful today, and I we we always say. Do you, this. Want, me to, do you want me to sing while you do it? Just gently. We always say this, and we, 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 say, we say wonderful things about you every time. But this time, this time, you look like you've had a good day. You look relaxed. You look like you're ready for bed. And I think, I think that's nice. I don't think we need to seduce you. I think the day seduced you itself. Now have yourself a little rest, and we'll be back next week with actual current affairs. Chris, that is not the sauciest seduction I hope for. You just told them to go to bed without us. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not I'm trying take, to woo I'm, them. I'm taking over. Okay. Hey, hey, you look really happy. How about we go to bed together and engage in some platonic cuddling? Really nice, safe cuddling that everyone's going to enjoy because we love you. That's actually creepier, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. That's why I didn't do it. Oh, well. Listen, thank you, listener. Uh, we love you so much. You're Please keep talking about our shit, and we will keep talking about you. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.